Parashat Kisetze, Parashat with the most mitzvahs in the Torah. You're like a kid in a candy store with this Parashat. Wherever you turn, there's something interesting to discuss. So we're going to discuss one of the less um, less polite mitzvahs in the Torah, one of the less discussed mitzvahs in the Torah, in this parsha, and that is Losavi Esnan Zono Mechir Kela Beis Hashem Neder. You shall not bring the hire of a whore or the price of a dog into the house of the Lord thy God for any ned, for any vow. Both of these are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. Esnan Zona is the price that one pays a Zona, a prostitute for her services. Mechir Kelev, as understood pretty much unanimously in Tarash Peh, is the price one pays to purchase a dog. You cannot bring these as, based, as a neder, based Hashem Lekecha, for a carbon. It is an abomination to Hashem. This is a mitzvah in the Torah. Rambam and, and those who follow him count it as one mitzvah, one mitzvah to bring neither an Esnan Zona or Mecher Kelev. Some count it as two. But this is a losa say in the Torah. You can't bring an Esnan Zona and a Mecher Kelev or a Mecher Kelev as a carbon. Why? Why is the Torah opposed to this? So the first one gave various explanations. Ibn Ezra says, Derek Bizayon, Tavas Hashem. It's uh, it's not respectful to Hashem to bring money that came about through a through a zona, through a through a caliph. It's not appropriate to bring to bring such a thing as a carbon to Hashem. It's a bizayon for Hashem. The Sefer Achinuch gives a another explanation. Sefer Achinuch says. Carbon, this is an idea that's apropos for this time of the year. He says carbon, he's echoing I think, an idea I think famously associated with the Ramban, that carbon, how does carbon work? You're paying Hashem off, you're, you're giving him a gift, you're bribing him and you hope he'll leave you alone. Hashem needs your carbon. What's carbon all about? So there are deeper mystical explanations and then there are the more, uh, you know, the more rationalistic explanations. Ramban, not a rationalist, not the Rambam, but the Ramban gives a, I think it's Ramban, gives a fairly uh, down-to-earth explanation. He says carbon is supposed, to be, is supposed to be a reminder, a concrete reminder of what you deserve. You disobeyed the Kodesh Baruch Hu. How can you do that? You, you deserve to be slaughtered and, and chopped up and burned. On the, and burned. Hashem, and his great Rachmanus, gives you another chance. He allows you to bring a carbon of Mechaper. Carbon is supposed to remind you of the... Carbon is supposed to remind you of this, and it's supposed to inspire you to do better, to be better, to do tshuva, and not to repeat what you have done. That's what the, that, that, that's what the chinuch says over here. This idea comes up in the Meiri, in Yana Diyoma. The Meiri, in his Chibra Tshuva, a uh, voluminous and fascinating work on Yom Naraim, Elul, Tshuva, Avelis, and so on, Miri was a moderate rationalist, follower of the Rambam, not quite as extreme, not quite as uh, confrontational, but uh, an admirer of many ideas of the Rambam. So many things that Miri says in Chibra Tshuva are attempts to uh, reconcile various minhagim and various halachas of the Yom Naraim with kind of philosophy, with rationalism. And there are a lot of the Yom Naraim that are troubling, like the Simanim, Simanim Ilsehi that we eat on the night of Rosh Hashanah. It sounds like omens and superstition going to the mikvah, going to uh, Kaparis. So the Iri has rationalistic explanations for all these things. The Simana Milsahi says it's to remind us. It's not to remind Hashem and to manipulate the divine decree. It's to remind us to do tshuva, he says. 
That's why he says, when the Gemara says, Simana Milsi, the Gemara means, a person might think that, okay, you daven, you learn, those are important religious acts, then you go home and you eat, and that's, that, that, that's for you. Roshan is so important, even when you eat, even when you indulge your, your, your guf, you still have to keep in mind the, the awesomeness of the day. Simana Milsi, even a simon, even though you're not davening and learning, you're just eating, but even, make a simon, remind yourself that you have to serve Hashem. And accordingly, he explains all the simanim in that vein. So, for example, Yitamu Sonenu, we eat things that our enemies should be destroyed. He says, it's not, a, it's not a superstition to bring doom to our enemies, to the terrorists. He says, it means the true Averis of a person, the true enemies of a person, his Averis. Yitamu Sonenu, it's a reminder to do tshuva, and so on. So when it comes to Kaparis, Kaparis is an old minna, going back to the time of the Gaonim. So some of the Rishonim were very disturbed with Kaparis, about Kaparis, the Rashpa, the Ramban. They said, this is, you know, looks, looks like paganism, like superstition. What are we doing? We're taking animals, and we're, and we're uh, the Shulchan Aruch famously rules like that. The Shulchan Aruch says uh, there's such a thing as Kaparis, and it's an improper minog. As a matter of fact, the, the simon of Kaparis and Shulchan Aruch not clear who wrote the titles, whether it was the Shulchan Aruch himself, or I think, or a later author, but in, in, in older editions of the Shulchan Aruch, the Simon of Kaparis, with its one line of Shulchan Aruch, says, Mina Kaparis, Be'erav Yom HaKippurim, V'hu Mina Gshtus. It's a stupid custom. That was taken out, I think, of later Shulchan Aruch. The Ramad defends him, and the Ramad says, in Ashkenaz, we, we do have this custom, we follow it, it's not, it's, it's not superstition. So the Me'iri, when he explains the idea of Kaparis, he says the same idea as this Ramban, as this Chinuch, that... Kaparis is not about, uh, it's not about some kind of occult ritual. It's, it's a reminder that we did wrong and we deserve to be punished. And Hashem, in his great mercy, allows us instead to just do tshuva and to give tzedakah and to, and to get another chance. And that's what Kaparis is all about. Anyway, so the Chinuch says that's what Karbanas is all about. Karbanas is to inspire us with, uh, with remorse for what we've done and, uh, and, 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 and an ambition to do tshuva and to improve. We have to have a pure, a, a pure mind, he says, and, and, and we have to think about holy things and Akash Baruch Hu and doing better, he says. If a person brings a carbon from an Esnazona, and while he's bringing his carbon, he's remembering where does this carbon come from? Oh, it was given to a, to a Zona for her services, he says. It's an Avera Metanefes, it's, uh, it, it's a dirty Avera, he says, an Avera that soils one. He says that will, that will, that will, that will poison his Machshava. Mecherkelev is similar, he says, because uh, he says that the he says Mecherkelev is is the part part of the inspiration for tshuva is that a person has to be a person can't be stubborn and brazen. A person has to be, has to be willing to accept that he was wrong and 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 and, and be flexible. He says Klavim are, are famous for their brazenness. As, that uh, that uh, Klavim are bold and. And, uh, and rough and, and tough, he says. And therefore, Klavim is the, the antithesis of the frame of mind we want the carbon to bring into use. And therefore, he says, that's why you shouldn't bring Essen Zone and Mechir Kelef. I want to focus, though, on, the, the, to me, the most interesting reason is the Ramban's reason. So, the Ezra says it's a bizarre for Hashem. The Chinuch says it brings the, it interferes with the right frame of mind when you bring a carbon. The Ramban yeah. gives a, a reason that resonates particularly, I think, with... Uh, in the modern era, the Ramban says, it's timeless actually, it's not modern more than ancient, but it's still relevant, it's still particularly resonant with us. Hazonos yasu be'esnan shalahem mitzvah, mitzvahs, zonos tend to want to do good deeds with their esnan. L'chapr l'chatasen, they want to uh, buy their way to atone and, uh, for what they, they know on some level what they're doing is wrong. 
And therefore, he says that the Zona thinks that by taking her esna, by taking some of her proceeds and, and donating it for, for a good cause, she can expiate what she's doing wrong. That's why the Torah says Esnan is Aser, because, uh, because by, by allowing Esnans, it will cause them to sin more. It will cause them to, to feel that they're okay, that they have a plan, and that, 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 that it'll be okay. We tell them, no, you have to, you have to choose. You, you can't do this. You can't do Averis and then think that you'll just donate it for a carbon. It doesn't work like that. If it's an Esnan, we don't want it. So make up your mind. Either, either be a Zona and take Esnans or bring Carbonos. You can't have it both ways. So that, that's the Mechir Kelev as well, he says. How does that fit into Mechir Kelev? There's no Avera inherent in a Kelev. Kelev, he says, certainly in ancient times, they weren't uh, raising show dogs and uh, pure breeds and so on. They were raising dogs for attack dogs, guard dogs. And then the, the Klovim were public menace. They harmed people. They were trained to be, I guess, vicious and, and, and lethal. So the Klovim are harmful as well, he says. Uh, he says that the Minig is at Hayom. He says the Minig was in his time that the knights, the hunters, they would take effigies of their dogs and wax and put them before their Avodazara and, and ask for divine help somehow. I'm not sure what this is a reference to, what this custom is, Christians, other, other types of non-Jews. But anyway, so the Ramban says that this is the idea that we don't, we don't want to accept Karbanos from ill-gotten gains like this because that would be, a, be seen as condoning their behavior and saying that it's okay, that uh, we're accepting your, we're accepting your, as long as you give us something, we can, uh, we, we can look away, we can tolerate what you're doing. We don't want to give that impression. Zona is wrong, Klovim are problematic, and we don't want to, by taking their money, we're, we're, lo- we're, we're, we're not making a clear enough statement that we oppose it, and, and, and they, think that they think that it'll be okay. And this, and this takes us to what I want to discuss soon, the, the basic question in halacha, in, in, in you know, the public policy in general, is there, what is the terrorist position on accepting charity from people who uh, either made their money in improper ways, or people who are just bad people, people who are guilty of, you name it, whatever crime is the society's idea of bad behavior. Should we accept, you know, you have all these stories where some politician or some, some charity gives back money when it turns out that the fellow was a rapist or a, a criminal or ran a Ponzi scheme or something. So what is the Torah's attitude toward these questions? Is there any... How do we look at this question? We can do good things with the money. The money, we can help poor people. We have food. We can, we can provide medical care to people who need it. We can support Torah. On the other hand, by, by accepting money, or maybe we're legitimizing or we're, uh, we're losing our ability to uh, firmly condemn the practices in question. So what is the halacha? We'll return to this question soon. We're not going to have a very clear or satisfying answer. But in the meantime, I just want to speak first a little bit more about the halachas of Esnan. So the laws of Esnan, Zona, and Mechir Kelev are discussed in the Talmud and discussed in the Rambam in detail. We'll touch on some of these halachas soon. Post-Talmud, except the Rambam, we find very little discussion of Esnan, Zona, and Mechir Kelev. It's not on the Shulchan Aruch or in the Poskim, really, almost any of the Poskim, for the obvious reason that the halacha is about Karbanos, and we don't practice Karbanos as So the same way the Shulchan Aruch doesn't write about the Beis HaMikdash and Karbanos, we don't really have much development and much discussion of the halacha of Esnan after the Talmud, with the Rambam being a notable exception. The Rambam brings down the laws of Karbanos as well. The Rambam brings down the laws of Esnan. The one discussion, the one practical halacha discussion of Esnan that I, of which I am aware is a discussion in Rabbeinu Yerucham, which makes it into the Shulchan Aruch, or the Ramah, in the Hilchus Beis HaKnesis. Rabbeinu Yerucham has an extension of the laws of Esnan, Zonah, Mecher, Kelev, beyond Beis HaMikdash and Karbanos to other types of mitzvahs, to donations to synagogues and to other types of mitzvahs. 
Rabbeinu Yerucham says the Torah prohibits Esnan to bring Beis Hashem to the Beis Hamikdash as a carbon. But who then? It also extends Bismanazet in contemporary times. There's no Beis Hamikdash. No, there are no carbonos. It nevertheless applies today. To make, to make something, to contribute something to the basic Knesses, like a Sefer Torah, or Bedek Abayis, or general repairs, or Ner, or Shemen, illumination, uh, the or Bedek Abayis, or Mitzvah, or for Mitzvahs in general. Rabbi Yerucham says that the laws of Esnan apply to donations for shuls and other Mitzvahs as well. Now, the Achronim say this is only Drabanim. Midaraisa, the, the, the Pasuk itself, is referring to the Beis HaMikdash. Rabbeinu Yerucham is making a rabbinic extension. That's what the Magen Avram says. Nafkamina, he says, is that if it's a suffix, it'll... Uh, you go Lakula. But the Magen Avram assumes it's only Drabanim. He says the Pasuk is clearly talking about Beis HaShem Alokecha, the Beis HaMikdash. So this is clearly a rabbinic extension. Uh, if it's a rabbinic extension, where did Rabbeinu Yerucham get it from? How did he know the, the rabbis extended it? Did he have a source? I'm not sure. But that's what the Magen Avram, Mishnah Brewer, assume that the, this is a rabbinic extension. But nevertheless, Rabbi Yerucham does say that it applies, it applies to to, uh, to the, the basic Knesses and mitzvahs as well. And that's brought by the Ramah in Shulchan Aruch in Hilchus Basic Knesses. The Dark Moshe brings Rabbi Yerucham, and in the in the in the Ramah he paskins this way that that there is a din of Esnan Zona and Mechir Kelev on shuls. However, Rabbi Yerucham goes on to explain that the actual applicability of the halacha is quite limited, even to the base of Mikdash, certainly to a shul. The, 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 the halacha prohibits much less than it might appear at first blush, for, for a number of reasons. Apparently, in Rabbi Yerucham's time, the, this was actually a, a real question. There were zonos, what he calls kedeshas. There were zonos who donated things to shuls, and there was some controversy over whether we should accept these donations. So Rabbi Yerucham says... Although there were those who felt we should not accept the donations, he feels that we should. He, fe- he limits the laws of Esnan in a number of ways that make it of, uh, that render it a very limited applicability. Says Rabbi Yerucham. First of all, he, bring, he notes that the Gemara says it depends on the sequence. If a person, if a person first commits the, the act of Znus with the Zona and then gives her the Esnan, if it's uh, payment after the fact, that does not have a din of Esnan. If at the time of the Bia it wasn't designated as an Esnan, doesn't require the din of Esnan later. So it has to be, he has to have given her the Esnan before she has to take cash up front. She has to take payment up front. Other than that, it's not an Esnan. I don't know what the common practice among contemporary Zonos is, but the, the first of all, it only becomes an Esnan if it was paid in advance. Uh, furthermore, and this is a real, a real restriction, a real limitation on the Halacha. This is all based on the Gemara. He says, Esnan only applies... If he gave her sheep, the mission of nothing like tleb esnana, a lamb, or anything else that that item itself is going to be brought and used in the shul, like the, he gave me, like he gave her cloth, and you're going to use that cloth to write a sefer Torah. He gave her a bookcase and the wood, and you're going to use that wood to build the shul or build a bookcase. So that's an esna. That thing itself that was given to the zona, that thing can't be used in the base of mikdash or in the shul. However, Nassim Lamos, if he gives her cash, you're allowed to use the cash to buy things for the shul. It's not, it's not the thing itself. The Esnan itself is only the original cash. It does not carry over into the things that you buy with the cash. So that's going to be a, a, a big, a big, big kula. It's, 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 in practice, the zona, I imagine, is usually paid in cash. 
and, and, and she, unless, unless you pay the zona in kind, you give her goods, and those goods are being donated to the shul, which is probably a relatively rare scenario. The, if you give her cash, and the cash is used as a donation, and, and it's used to buy things to the shul, that's not an asnat, even when it comes to karbanos. That's the mafurish din in Masachas Tamura. He gives her most, best, nana, cash, and she buys behema. Muteris, legavim, mizbech, that's fine. Okay, so that's one reason why asnat is not going to be very relevant. Then he talks about halachalamites. He says, they asked him a question, there was a kadesha, there was a certain zona that donated something to the shul, or like a mappa, like a mantle, some kind of accessory for the Sefer Torah. Is it Esnan? He says again, no. For, even, if, even if they gave her, even if, even if we're talking about the thing itself, which maybe it is an Esnan, even the thing itself, even if the conditions of the previous paragraph are met, it's still not going to be an Esnan for the following reasons, he says. He says, what is an Esnan? What, what is a zona? So the, the term zona has a formal halachic meaning in different contexts in halacha. And in the context of Esnan, the Gemara discusses what, what, what is considered a zona. So there, there are a number of different shitas. We'll discuss more, more about this in a moment. But Rabbi Yerucham says, a pnuya, an unmarried woman who's not an erva, who, who's, not, who's not a prohibited relation, family, familial relation to the client, that is not considered zona. In, in, in practice, we call that woman a zona. But in the halachic sense, in the, for the, to be called Esnan Zona, an unmarried woman who's not an erva to the, who's Jewish, not an erva to the customer, that's not considered Zona. He says, Ubal Apnuya, someone who consorts with a, a, a single unmarried woman, Esnan a Mutter. Esnan is only if she's an erva, even Chayav Lavin, or Goya Zona, or non-Jew, or a Shifcha, Shifcha Knanis. But other than that, it is not an Esnan. So, furthermore, he brings what he said in the previous paragraph, that if she used, if she used the money to buy, if, if there was money given and she uses the money to buy something that's also not an Esnan, even for a carbon, certainly for shul. Also, there's, there's, another, there's another limitation, if it underwent a shinui, if the item, even if he gave her an item, if that item was transformed, for example, he gave her wheat, and she made the wheat into flour, it's also not an Esnan. So then he says, I have written at length about this because Reisi Kamanash Toem Bazeh, I have seen many people err in this matter. They're too stringent. Uh, they hold Esnan it applies to all these unmarried zonas. I don't know how many there were, but uh, apparently it was a social phenomenon. There, there were these zonas. There were Pnuyas. They weren't married. And the people thought Esnan applies to them. But Bavadai, Rabbi Rucham says, not correct. That's not, that's not a zona at all. If she's a Pnuya, that is not a zona at all. Now, here we have an interesting machlokis. The... Regarding, regarding a pnuya, so the, the, the again that this is brought in Shulchan Aruch by the Ramah in Hilchas Beis So the Mishnah in Hishar Tzion writes that even if she's a nida, which is a serious issur, chayav karis, there's no din esnan esnan as mutter, and, and and this is an important halacha because an esnan a zona is likely not going to the mikvah, so the she's likely a nida. Nevertheless, the Mishnah says that her esnan is mutter. Because again, that's not considered erva for this part, for the, in this context. Now, the Gemara says, Ishto Nida is not an Esnan. The Gemara says that if a person pays his own life money while she's a Nida, that's not an Esnan. However, there is some question, the Chavetz Chaim himself discusses elsewhere in another sefer of his called Likute Halachas, on the Seches Tmura. There is some debate as to whether someone who's not his wife and is a Nida, whether that would be an Esnan. The Sharetian says, Nida is not an Esnan, whether, he, whether she's his wife or not, doesn't matter. In the Lakute Halachas, though, he's not, he's not so sure. 
he says, Yesh Omrim, Yesh Omrim, he says, I'm sorry, he brings that, he says, Lekuli Alma, if you, Pane Habala, Pnuya, Sheinam of Keres, Lonikra, Esnan Zona, that a Pnuya is not Zona, but if she's a Nida, Efsher that, 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 that she is called, she is called a Zona, Efsher that's called Erva, Nida's called Erva. This is a major discussion, Rishonim and Achronim, whether Nida is considered Erva or not. Chavetz Chaim is not sure, and the Kutay Allah says, Efsher it's called a Zona. He says, even though the Gemara says Ishto Nida is not, your, your own wife who's a Nida is not considered Zona, that's a Drasha. The, 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 the Gemara brings a Drasha, it says, Esnan Zona Veloisha. Not your wife, but she's not your wife. Rashi says the reason is because she's prepared to go to the mikvah. She can go. She, she just hasn't gone yet. That's your wife who routinely goes to the mikvah, but Pneus don't routinely go to the mikvah. He found a Tiferes Yisrael, the Sefer Tiferes Yisrael, who says it is us, sir, if she's a, if she's a nida. Machta Shekel is mekel. Therefore, he says, in the Mishnah was mekel, but Tarachi and Ladina. So the Chavetz Chaim is ultimately not sure whether a Pneus zona, whether a Pneus nida, is a it would be it would be an Esna or not? Rani Rucham clearly assumes. Rani Rucham is pretty clear that it's uh, it's not because he just he, he says the zonos of his time are not Esna because they're Pnuyas. He doesn't. I mean, presumably they were Nida unless he's talking about zonos who were careful to go to the mikvah. There, there might have been some societies where they did that, but in general we assume that the zonos were not going to the mikvah. I would I would assume, and yet he says there's no there's no Esna. So Rani Rucham seems to assume like the Machzah Shekel. The Ramah, the, 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 the Pashtas of the Ramah and the Rani Rucham is that there's no Dinesnan on a, on a Pnuya Nida, but the Chavetz Chaim is not sure. Um, also, the, the Chavetz Chaim mentions if she's not Mufkaris, if she, the, the Kadeshas of Rani Rucham were Mufkaris, they, they were promiscuous, presumably, they, they were available to anyone who paid. So, the Chavetz Chaim is not so clear on whether being, again, the, the halachas of what the Isser of Losia Kadesha is beyond the scope of our talk tonight. But anyway, so there, there, is, there, is, some, there is some debate about a, about, about a Pnuya who's a Zona, who's a Nida, or one who's a Mufkaris. But Lamai said the Stimas Alashan of Rabbeinu Rucham and the Ramah is that it doesn't matter as long as she's not an actual Erva or a Goya or something like that. There is no Din. There's no Din. There's no Din Asna. So as I said, this Rabbeinu Rucham and this Ramah who brings it is basically the only halachalamaiser discussion of Esnan that I have seen, and it seems fairly limited, because again, it's only if the actual thing you gave her is being used in the shul, which is probably not very common, and, 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 and the pastor of Beni Ruchman Rama is, it doesn't apply to uh, any Pnuya, even if she's, uh, if she's a Nida. But for, for, for the rest of the share, I want to talk about the, the general question beyond Esnan, what is the view of the Torah toward accepting tzedakah from sinners, from criminals, from particularly, and in particular from ill-gotten gains, from money that was uh, generated by halakhli problematic activity. So there really isn't a, a systematic and satisfying discussion of this question. The only discussion that there really is is accepting money, accepting tzedakah from a thief, from, from someone who steals. Either all his money is stolen, he's a uh, that that's his exclusive source of income, or most of his money is stolen, or some of his money is stolen. That's the only real discussion of, of this topic, of which I'm aware, in the classic poskim. And this begins in a Mishnah Mavakam. The Mishnah says, Ein partin Mokhsin, tax collectors, Gaboin, other types of tax collectors, they are being equated here with Ganavim. So, of course, the Gemara asks right away, really? Tax collectors are Ganavim, but we have a principle in Halacha, Din Malchus Adina. Halacha recognizes that the government has the prerogative 
to collect taxes. So why are we calling tax collectors Ganavim? So the Mara says, you're right, we're not talking about a legitimate tax collector. We're talking about either Moche Selmin Me'elav or Moche Shein Lakitzva. Moche Selmin Me'elav is one who's not duly appointed by the sovereign authority. It's one who appoints himself, like you read about in uh, third world countries with a weak rule of law, where the local gang sets themselves up with a roadblock and a pickup truck and machine guns, and they say, if you want to cross this road, you have to pay, uh, pay us a toll. They call it a toll, but it's, it's for all practical purposes, they're bandits. They're, they're bandits who, are, who the government is too weak or too corrupt to stop. And they, that's a moches, that would be a moches homemade me'elav. Moches she'en lo'kitzva, a moches who's not, also he may, maybe he was appointed by the government, but he's not operating under the color of law. He, he does whatever he wants. He's, he's not following the accepted norms and, and rules. He just charges whatever he wants. Basically, so the, the, the Gemara says, you're right, a, a, nor, a normal tax collector I don't, know if it was normal, I don't know which one was normal in the time of Chazal or not, but a tax collector who obeys the law, who's, uh, who's, who's a, who, who operates legitimately, is surely not a Ganav. We're talking about a tax collector who is a bandit, basically. So, fine, the mission's talking about Ganavim tax collectors were often Ganavim in the time of the Talmud. So, what, what's, what, what, is, what does the mission tell us about these tax collectors? You can't be pertinent, you can't accept change from Tevis Amokshin, from their, from their box full of money, or from the Kishel Gabayan, from their bags, from their pouches of taxes. Why? Because all their money is stolen. They, 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 well, the money they take is, is Shiloh Kedin. They have, they have no right to do it. That's stolen money. And also, they know them in Tzedakah. We cannot accept, we cannot accept Tzedakah from them as well. Okay, and that's brought, and that's brought by the post that, uh, that, that we can't take their money, either as change or as Tzedakah, because they steal all their money, so we're, we're taking stolen goods. What's the problem with taking stolen goods? Well, what exactly is wrong with that? So the Rishonim gives several different explanations in different, different scenarios, different explanations. Tosus says, Tosus enters into this question with the framework of Yeish. So we know the halacha is that in certain cases, when someone steals property and the owner, it, if if we know the owner has given up hope, has been miyayish on getting his property back, or in certain cases there's a presumption of yayish, it's a complicated sugis in Babakama. The much of Babakama deals with these questions. In certain cases of yayish, the, the, the victim loses title to his property. He's still entitled to sue the Ghana for recompense, to get paid back for the property, but he loses title to the actual property. The Ghana stole his car. As long as he still has, he's still working on ret- retrieving the car, he's still trying to track it down and locate it, there's no yeish, and, 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 the, and he still has halachic tile to the car. Once he says, I'm never going to get it back, it's already been chopped up into parts, it's on its way to Mexico, it's, uh, the, the parts, the uh, serial numbers have all been filed off, etc. I'm never seeing the car again. That's yeish, and he loses title to the car. The, the, the Ganov or, or the Ganov's customers now have, now have actual tile to the car. The Ganov, of course, still has to pay back, still, still, owes, still, owes the, still owes the victim for the car he stole. But the title to the actual car or its parts uh, now 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 goes over to the Ganov or to the or to his customers. So Tosfos analyzes this this Mishnah of taking money from the Ganov within the framework of Yeish. He says if if we say there's no presumption of Yeish, the Mishnah makes a lot of sense because the the, the, the cash the coins that the that, that the Moches took that the Ganov took. Those coins is no yeish. Though that actual physical money still belongs to the to the owner, so you can't take them because that that money is, is, is the guy doesn't own it. That that money belongs to the victim. You can't touch it. 
However, he says, what about uh, there is an opinion of Rishim and Shita is Stam Gzela is Yeish Bailam. And now there's Yeish and Shani Rishin Rishus. Yeish itself is a whole question of the Gemara whether Yeish is Kona, naked Yeish, Yeish by itself. But here we have Yeish plus Shini Rishus. Shini Rishus means when it transfers from the Ganav to a third party. So when the Ganav is giving you the money as tzedakah or as change, it's Yeish plus Shini Rishus. It transfers to your Rishus. So that should be Kona. So what's wrong with taking the money, Tosu says? You, you have, you'll have legitimate title to the money. Tosu says you still can't do it because Dover Magunahu. It's disgraceful because the Teva and the Kiss, you know, his receptacles that are loaded up with stolen money, those are, those are dedicated spots of, uh, of putting Zela in there. And therefore, it's, it's Maguna. It's a, it's, it's a strange language. It's not a very uh, legally rigorous language. It's Dover Magunahu. It's, it's disgraceful. It's wrong to accept the money. Tosis concedes that according to the, the basic laws of property, the halachic laws of property, you should be, you should be able to keep it because of the Asian Rishus. Tosis says it's Dover Maguna to take that money. Rashi says... The stolen thing itself. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, uh, either the stolen thing itself or any money from that bag where he... Yeah, so we'll, we'll discuss in a little more detail soon about how this applies to... How this, whether and how this applies to cases where you don't know that the money itself that you're taking might not be the actual stolen goods. That's a critical question, especially today with banks, so we'll, we'll touch, on that, uh, touch on that soon. Um, the Rambam, though, gives a different and much more famous reason, widely quoted by the post, Kimbrun and Shulchan Aruch. The Rambam, both in Hilchus Gineva and in Hilchus Gzela, there's a lot of overlap in the Halachas, the Rambam says... You know, the Rambam brings another halacha. The mission talks about partin, about taking change and accepting tzedakah. The Rambam talks about buying stolen property. The Rambam says you're not allowed to buy asur liknos min haganav hachefet sheganav, asur liknos dover hagazel min hagazlan. You're not allowed to you're not allowed to buy the the actual stolen item from the ganav. Rambam writes in Halachas Gneva. He writes oven gadol It's a grave. It's a great sin. Why? Because you're supporting and uh, encouraging Ovreavera, and you're causing him to steal more. You're going you're to incentivize crime, you're going to incentivize theft. Because if he doesn't find someone to, to whom he can unload his property, he's not going to steal, he doesn't do it for the thrills, he does it because it, crime pays. If crime doesn't pay, then he won't do it. By making crime pay, you are incentivizing and encouraging more avarice. Okay. The Marshal in Yamshal Shlomo puts it all differently. He says, we, I, I, he, he deals with the question that always bothered me. The Raman focuses on the criminals. The Raman says you're encouraging more crime. Why doesn't he focus on the victims? You're encouraging more people to lose their money. Could be that's what the Raman means. But the Marshal says, but both are true. That it's an oven gadol. First of all, it's, it's a lifneiver kind of avera. You're causing people to sin. And furthermore, you're causing the victims to lose money. So it's, it's an antisocial behavior. Bein mitzadaganav, bein mitzadanignav. That's how the Ram understands, that, that the Ram explains that you're not allowed to buy things from the ganav because you are endorsing and encouraging gneva. You're, 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 you're incentivizing gneva. And the Ram doesn't say this directly about the Mishnah, about partin or about tzedakah. It's not entirely clear that, that accepting tzedakah will incentivize Gneva, that the Ganav is presumably not stealing so he can make big charitable donations. He's stealing because he's interested in the money himself. So it's not necessarily clear that the Rambam's reason would actually be a reason for the mission about taking, cha- taking change also. I mean, it, it, that it wouldn't seem... I don't know. I, I'm not sure if they charge for giving change. Even if they do, it wouldn't seem to be a huge... I don't know. I don't know how lucrative it was. 
But the Rambam says, has this other din that, that, that you can't take, you, you can't buy stolen property, because that incentivizes the Ganav. Marshall points out that, according to the Rambam's reason, it would seem to apply even after Yeish. Tos has discussed whether the din of the Mishnah about not taking charity and, and partin applies after Yeish or not. Tosis assumes that it does, but uh, he tries to understand why. The, Rambam, the Marshall says, according to the Rambam's reason that you can't buy, you can't buy things from the Ganav, that would apply even after Yeish. It's not because the Ganav doesn't have proper title to the property, because the title still is still held by the victim. That's not the point. Even if, Ye- even if there was Yeish and the, and the original owner lost title to the property, it doesn't matter. Going to the Ram's reason that by taking the stolen property, you are encouraging and incentivizing future theft, that applies even after Yeish, even though, even though the, the Ganav or you will have legitimate title to the property. And this is, in a way, similar to, the, to, to what we began with, to the Ramban. The Ramban says that the reason for the prohibition against accepting a carbon from Esnan Zona is because, is because they'll, they'll, they'll be again. He says, he says, that, that if they think that, uh, that, 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 their, that their donations are being accepted and their sins are being expiated, they're going to be tempted to continue to sin. And that's similar to what the Ramam says, that you can, that you can buy things from the Ganav, because by doing so, you are incentivizing and causing him to sin further, and, and, that, is, and, and that is a problem. The, the Shulchan Aruch HaRav discusses the, the rules of accepting money, accepting tzedakah from a ganav. The Shulchan Aruch HaRav says that, first of all, we should note that there is, there is a tshuva for Pai and the Post can bring... Sorry, yeah. is, that, is that last part under, like, Lufna Because it already happened. Yes, all right. So that's, that's, a, that's a very good point. So, 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 so the, is that really Lufna or not? Lufna is generally when you're facilitating in the immediate, concrete, foreseeable future in Avera. Here, you're, you're, you're doing, you're kind of an accessory after the fact, and you're possibly going to uh, encourage such behavior in the future. It doesn't seem, so, so the Rambam, it's interesting. That, that, as I mentioned, the Rambam brings, brings this halacha down both in Hilchas Gneva and in Hilchas Gzela. It, it, it's, uh, I've always been fascinated by the question of why he even broke up Gneva and Gzela. So There are differences, but so much of what he writes closely tracks from one to the other. So in this halacha, it's, it's quite interesting because he formulates it somewhat differently in Hilchas Gneva and Hilchas Gzela. The language I read before was from Gneva, where he writes, Asur liknos minagana v'chefet shiganav, yinala bayit, v'oven gadalhu, it's a great avera, because you're, he doesn't use the words of neighbor, he says because you're strengthening, supporting, reinforcing the over causing him to steal more because he, he, he wouldn't steal if he, he wouldn't steal if he, uh, if, he, if he couldn't download it. And then he brings a Paskin Mishle. He doesn't bring Lufniver, he brings a Paskin Mishle that says, someone who shares, who, who divides up the loot with a thief, hates his own soul. In Hilchus Gzela, however, he does say Lifnibur. Hilchus Gzela, his formulation is as follows. Asir Liknos Dovra Gozlman Agazlan. And he goes on and he says, Shakala Osid Varamelu, Chayotiban, Machazik Dovra So again, he uses this language of Machazik, Machzik, or Machazik Dovra Avera. The over Lifnibur, Lifnibur, Lositin Michel. And here he does explicitly say that you violate Lifnibur, Lositin Michel. So there are some Akronim, I think, who try to analyze, I, I, I didn't look it up in preparation for this year, a while ago when I was working on this, I noticed there were some achronim who I think, who I think grapple with this question, why does he bring different sukkim, and in Gnevi he brings a pasuk in Mishle, here he says you're over Lufna Iver, 
Why is his language different? And, and right, your point is true. It, 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 your point is, is, is a transient one. It, it is important. It, it, is, it is noteworthy that he calls this Lefnaiver. There's no immediate concrete avery you're causing. You're causing in the that the that there, there, there is some question. I think what the Rambam means by Lefnaiver, whether he means like he says in Elchus Geneva, you'll cause him to steal next time, or he means somehow that this time because you cause him to be Konebashinui. That's Lefnaiver. I, I don't remember how they interpret this, but it is it is it is important to note that the Rambam in Elchus Gzela does mention the idea of Lefnaiver. While Hilchus Geneva, he does not. Yes, so that that that, that that's a point that 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 bears further looking into. But I, but I don't remember all the what that Chronim say on uh, off the top of my, at at this point. So, yeah, that's a that's a very important point. So the the Shulchan Aruch Harav, when he discusses taking first of all, we we the Rizor of Haigon, the Sharmelech brings of Haigon, who seems to disagree with the Rambam. The Rambam writes that when you have Yeish. When 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 there's yeish, he says halokach mehem mutter. It is permitted to buy from the Ghana. So the so the Sharmelech notes Sharmelech notes. He says from from this Rav Haigon near Levor to plead Yarabenu. That he's like the Marshal. He says according to the Rambam that 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 the Isra is machzikid over Avera. It would apply even after yeish. But Rav Haigon seems to say that it's mutter if there's yeish. He doesn't he doesn't seem to be worried about this thing of the Rambam. But the postcum in general bring the Rambam that it's Asir, the Shulchan Aruch brings it, that brings, brings, brings the Rambam. Lalacha, we seem to assume like the Rambam that it is indeed Asir. And again, and, 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 and that Asir is similar to the Ramban's understanding of Esna and Zona, that the Rambam is giving a similar explanation for why you shouldn't buy stolen property. Shulchan Aruch Arav, when he discusses accepting tzedakah from Ganavim, so he writes, B'nai Adam, Shechaz Kasim, Gazlanim, that uh, that they're they're presumed to be gazlanim, and the presumption is v'cheskas kolamonim gazel. The presumption is all their money is stolen, because their whole career, their whole profession is gzela. They have no other no side hustles. Ein lehem klal. They have no other source of income. So you know, so, you know your, your typical successful organized you know the criminal will branch out to legitimate businesses. He'll launder money. He'll buy. He'll buy uh, you know, car dealerships and uh, actual laundromats to launder money through, and he'll buy all kinds of restaurants, legitimate businesses to launder his money, and some of his income will at that point be legitimate. But we're talking about a pure Gazlan who has no legitimate source of income. Waste hauling. What? Waste hauling, right. Waste hauling. I think landscaping is, used to be a big organized crime thing, at least in New York. So he says, Australi Hanas, ma'am, Klal, you're not allowed to have any Hana from these Ganavim, Bain Bechina, Bain Liknos, ma'am. Because Tam Gazel, all their money is presumptively stolen, even getting change from them. And then he and and furthermore he says also a few because all their money is stolen. But then he goes on and, and he gives one and he gives one one leniency. He says some say that you're allowed to accept tzedakah money in such a, that the, that, the, that that even even if even if most of his money is presumed to be stolen as long as it's not absolutely certain you're allowed to accept tzedakah money and his logic is not entirely clear he he, he seems to be basing the the leniency a on the fact that it is theoretically possible the money is not actually stolen and b the gabai is not really being nena from the from from the Ghana. The issue is to be nena from the Ghana. If he assumes, I'm not sure why that's the issue. If it's stolen money, it's stolen money. If it's not stolen money, not. So I don't know why he feels it's important to say he's not nena. But he says the gabai, the, the Ghana is not being nena because Mr. Slav, the, the gabai tzedakah, not, not the gabai tax collector gabai. The, the gabai tzedakah 
is not considered to be benefiting from the Ganav, because Mitzvah Slav it's, it's, he's not gaining anything, he's just collecting money for Aniyim, and the Aniyim, uh, for the Aniyim it's okay, because it's after Yeish and Shina Rishus. So, so again, it's not clear what the Isser is in taking raw tzedakah and raw money from the Ganav. The Isser is that, he seems to be assuming the Isser is not that tzedakah is called Maxik Zavra because again, tzedakah is not really enough of a motive for the Ganav to steal to give tzedakah. He seems to be assuming it's just an Isser per se, being Nena from Gneva, and as long as, the, the, as long as it's Yeish, it's really okay. But, but, but he only says this combined with the fact that the money might not necessarily be Gezel. He turns around in the next paragraph and says, If you know for sure that this money is stolen, you can't take tzedakah. So his sheet is a little hard to understand, but he says that we're not worried apparently about Rivera. We're worried just about tzedakah. We're worried that the, the, if the money itself is stolen, you're being nana from stolen money. That's not a problem because Mrs. Lavahanas Nitnu and for the Aniyim who are getting the money, it's after Yeish. Unless the money is vade stolen, then for some reason that doesn't matter. But if you have tartula tevusa, if you have two, two arguments for leniency that we're not, even though they're bechetzkes kaslanim, we're not absolutely certain the money's stolen, and there's no hana involved before yeish, then then he's lenient yeish matirim. Again, the logic is not uh, logic is not entirely clear about this. I, is that only true about tzedakah, or like if you have a you know bike for sale that uh, is seems like too good of a deal? Right. Probably stolen, you know. I to be that yeah. it's stolen, right? So that, so that, so that, that's not right. So that, that's hard to know, right? The, the Raman says it's an oven guddle to buy from the Ghana because Maxi of Rivera. The question is, what if you don't know for sure? You, you suspect you have there's all kinds of gray market there stuff. There's between Sadaka and buying it privately. Right. So, uh, so I, it's hard to know. Again, the, the, the post can give these different reasons. When, when it comes to buying the Raman Maxi of Rivera, when it comes to Tadaka, they, they use this language of you, know, you can't be Nena from the Ganav. It's not clear if that's the same reason or not. Um, I, I did see one of the posts says that the same way you're not allowed to buy from the Ganav, that's called the Maxi you're not allowed to take a gift from a Ganav either, even though you can argue how does that incentivize them to steal. But and Halakha sometimes so treats. Give you a different gift, uh, right, because Halakha sometimes treats gifts as quid pro quos. He's probably giving it to you because he has a reason to, because he owes you a favor or something. And again, it, it, you know, it, 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 if he has a concrete need to give you a gift, if he doesn't, if, 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 uh, if he doesn't steal, he'll have to give you a legitimate gift. If he steals, he, he saves money and not giving you his, his own money. So, yeah, some argue that even taking a gift from a guy, but the question is then, if we apply, if, if, we, if, we, try to carry, if we try to carry over the distinctions and criteria of tzedakah, if you know for sure, if it's presumptively, so what is the halacha about buying from a Ghanav when you're not actually sure if, the, if it's stolen yet? So that, that, that's something we'd have to look into, have to look into further also. I, I saw a contemporary discussion of this halacha on the website uh, din, din.org, din, uh, what, 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 do they, what do they call themselves, din, um, din online, din.org.il, where they, uh, they, 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 they discuss they discuss uh, some of these questions as well, and they, and they, um, at one point they suggest that it's only since it's only the actual money that's a problem. So they say, yeah, but if the guy put the money in the bank, it's no longer the original cash that he stole. He stole a bag of a bag of dollars, a suitcase full of dollars, and they put it in the bank. So it's no longer the the exact same money anymore. It's uh, you're not you're not taking the actual money that he stole. But then they, but then they turn around. They seem to feel that it is us, sir. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure. And practically, this is a, this is a big deal because generally, when we talk about these questions about accepting money from from criminals, from 
from, from thieves, from you know, the, generally the money today is mostly electronic. It passes through banks and computers. It's very rare that you're taking the actual cash that he stole. You know, we're not dealing with, not, you, most get often today, the kind that we deal with and make donations to charitable institutions are not pickpockets or burglars who are, uh, you know, I guess you always have the case of the art thieves who steal priceless paintings and then want to donate it to museums somewhere. But aside from that, you know, typically the institutions that get checks from criminals Mostly it's going through the banking system, so there, there might be some grounds for leniency on the grounds that this is not actually the stolen cash. Certainly if the issue is being machzikid over there, it makes no difference if it passed through the bank or not. But if the issue is, like the Shulchan Harav says, you're actually being nena from the stolen money, so yesh la'ayin, whether, uh, yesh la'ayin, whether passing it through a bank would, uh, would make a difference or not. I saw the, the one kind of systematic modern discussion of this I saw was a, was a position paper put out by an organization called Chotam in Eretz Yisrael. I have to admit I'm not that familiar with the organization. It's apparently headed by Rabbi Yaakov Ariel. It is a... This is pretty much what they do. They put out position papers. That's what they advertise. Their, their goal is to uh, stake... A, it's a kind of a Chardal, Haridi Datilumi organization. It, 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 its goal is to kind of stake out positions on modern issues of you know, social and, and, uh, and social and religious importance. So they put out a, a, a several-page position paper called Kabbalat Dakami Poshim, Accepting Charity from Criminals, and they go through all the different things we've been discussing, plus some other issues as well, and uh, they go through a variety of... Uh, they go through... They, they, they go through, they go through a, a, a variety of, uh, of, of different angles, and one of the things they talk about is that have one section called uh, so, so. So regarding this question of, of, of taking money from taking take, taking from from Ganavim, so again the Shulchan Aruch says it depends whether he has other other businesses. If he has other businesses, then 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 you're, then you're allowed to accept Hanav from him. You can always say maybe the money I have comes from the other businesses, but if he has no other business, then it's presumptively stolen. So they bring these various distinctions. Then they have a paragraph on. Section on Kabbalat Dakam and Sheha Alam Hatakton, accepting charity from men of the underworld, from organized crime figures. So he says, you know, do they engage in uh, extortion, and so on, you know, unsavory, morally, morally, likely problematic means. So again, we have to distinguish whether they have other businesses or, or, or not. If they have other businesses, then, then, then it's more lenient. But he says, but certainly, that, that certainly if you know this money comes from. The, comes from their 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 crime, then it's us. Here again, they don't get they don't get into the question of whether once it passes through the banking system, it's a problem or not. But they assume that stolen money itself, you shouldn't be accepting. Furthermore, they worry about the obvious concern of Chil Hashem, if it'll become known that uh, Torah institutions are accepting money from noted criminals. Uh, they, they, they apparently wrote that they may have issued this paper in in reaction to some scandals in Israel that were going on with well-connected crime families who were donating money to all kinds of uh, prominent institutions and politicians. He says it'll cause a tremendous uh, disgrace to Torah. And uh, furthermore, you have the other concern we mentioned, that, that you're giving an endorsement to what he's doing. If, if, he, if he donates something to the shul and, and, you, and, you, and you name your base medrash, the, the Gambino uh, base medrash, you know, that you're, you're, you're essentially uh, giving your imprimatur to his, uh, you know, to his life's work. It's Hanufa, he says, you're flattering Rishayim. And so on, and uh, and so on, and so on, and. All right, this is a real world issue. I mean, they have, 
dead or the wherever the Purdue pharmaceuticals, you know, whatever they were doing, and they gave a lot of stock a right, and then they wanted to take their names off of everything. Right. So it's, we're not going to get into the question yeah. of taking the names off after the fact, but Zilchatila. He argues they could, they, could, they could even have a dinner of a road day if these, if these criminals are so dangerous to society, they could even have the status of a road day if endangering the Tzibur, and you're helping them and giving them aid and comfort. And certainly you shouldn't do that. Um, however, he says the, that the, in, cases where you, you, in cases where you evaluate that if you don't take the money, uh, they'll use it for bad purposes. They'll fund you know, more affairs with it, that, either, that you're actually improving things by taking away, by taking their money, we find this lashon of matzlam yadam. If, 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 if society and the world would be better off by you accepting their money, then that's grounds for leniency, he says. All right. So that their bottom line is, he says, that uh, you're allowed to accept tzedakah from non-religious Jews, but uh, from certain purposes, like Esnan Zona, then you, you should not accept donations. You can't take stolen property, even for, even for tzedakah. You can't accept anything from people whose entire source of income is gazel. It's all presumed to be from from crime, um, if they have other asakim, if there are other businesses, you're allowed to accept money, and you can just say, maybe this came from the mutter businesses, but then they bring the issues of Chil Hashem and, and Hanufa, that you certainly can't uh, compromise your independence and your, 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 your moral uh, clarity by, by, accepting, by accepting their money, and certainly he says, uh, of course, he says you can't, you can't let them use your institution as a uh, as, as, as a means of laundering the money, what he call, they call halbanaton, which I guess means what it sounds like, laundering, laundering their money. You certainly can't let them use your institution as a, uh, as, as a money laundering uh, operation. I'll just read one last chuva, one last discussion. I, I know there are a lot of questions here. This, this is not the most satisfactory treatment of the issues, but I'll, I'll just read one last chuva. This is a chuva in the Askel Avdi, or Avadiyadaya, going back uh, three quarters of a century, I guess. He says... I'm not sure exactly what he was talking about, but it sounds like he's someone accepting money from those who are parke ol, those who flout the Torah. They have rikudim bachurim or bachuros, mixed dancing, mischa klafim, gambling. It sounds like he's talking about these were actual fundraisers. They had dances or, or like bingo nights or did different types of uh, vice-filled vice vice events to raise money for, the, for charitable institutions. Even today, bingo is a big fundraiser for traditional America. Bingo is a big fundraiser for shuls. And dances, you know, we're, we're, we're commonly a fundraiser. So the Askel Avdi says, no way, no how. He says, Absolutely not. He says, gambling, he says, is usher. Now, that's, that needs to be taken with some context. There is, there is, a, there is a position in the Gemara, the Rambam, the Shulchan Aruch, that gambling is usher. However, it is a machlokis, and the Ramah, Paskins actually that gambling is mutter. Um, so for Sfardim, I'm much more machmer because the Shulchan Aruch is machmer, the Askel Avdi, as a Sfardi, Ravadi Yosef, I think, has a tshuva forbidding participating, participating in Israel's national lottery and the Mephalapayets because for Sfardim, they, they're, they're much stricter about gambling. Um, but for Ashkenazim, it's more lenient. Anyway, Ravadi Adaya feels that gambling is flat out gezel and therefore, therefore you can't accept. Uh, gambling proceeds because that's the salacha. They can't take tzedakah from, from stolen money. Then he adds, Yesh otam He has another reason why it's usher to accept such money, he says. And he goes to the other thing about the Messiah of Avera, that you're, by, that by, you're condoning and encouraging Avera. 
if we accept the tzedakah, they'll think they're doing right. They, they, won't, they, won't just, they won't understand that after the fact we'll take it, but we wish you wouldn't have done. They'll say, okay, they're accepting the money. Let's do this again. Let's have another dance to raise money for the institution, for the, for the, the gambling or whatever it is. He says, they'll continue doing it. They'll think it's mutter. And it causes terrible problems. People can lose all their money in gambling. They can, they can have mental breakdowns. They can cause machlokas. Yeah, we know gambling can destroy families. He says, he says gambling is a terrible, terrible thing. And scourge, and we, we can't encourage it and incentivize it. And therefore, he says, sir, again, he, he's not necessarily saying that, that, that if you have a guy, a casino magnate, who made his money on gambling, we shouldn't take his money. But he's saying, certainly, if they're having fundraisers for the, the Mossad, based on Avera, and we accept the proceeds, that, that certainly will encourage them to do that again. That's also something that, that we don't know. That's also something that, that, that we certainly don't want to encourage. Then he has, then he has a kind of Kabbalistic, Midrashic objection that, that, the, that, we're, that, that we're giving, that we, we want to destroy the Tumah by, by, by giving the Tumah a connection to Kedusha that, 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 that blocks the Geula, these and so on and so on. He says that the, you're, you're, you're mingling together the, the Tumah with the Kedusha. So that's another reason why you shouldn't do it. But I'll call upon him. Suppose our concern in a case where accepting the Tzedakah can be seen as encouraging the, the behavior or en- en- enabling it, facilitating its continuation, that they're worried about. It's just like the Rambam says about not buying things from the Ghana, and just like the Ramban says about Esna, and it's because we don't want to encourage the Kadesha in her ways, and we don't want to, we want to make her think twice of what she's doing. So there are posts who, who bring this issue that, in some contexts at least, accepting tzedakah from criminals or the proceeds of crime may be encouraging the crime. But in, and, and also, actual stolen money is a problem, is, is, is a more technical problem that you can't be nana from Gzela. Although, as we said, that reason is somewhat debatable, because there are various grounds for leniency if the money passed through the bank, some some seem to argue that it's not the actual stolen money anymore, or if it's not the, if, if, that if it's, it's possible it's not the stolen money. And Mr. Salvahan isn't new, and it's after Yeish. By the time it gets to the Ani, there is some grounds for leniency. Although again, the Shulchan Aruch Rav only relies on that if you're not absolutely sure this is stolen money. Even, and it, even if it is the same money by the Zona, it could be it could have been the, the same money, right? That was only the, 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 the Zona in the in the base Mikdash. I thought that was only. If there were, you know, she got a sheep or something. Yeah, yeah. In the case of the zona, we, right. In the case of the zona, we said earlier, it's only if it is the act, the actual money, that the, 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 the specific, the, money, right? the, the actual item that's right. going to use for the mitzvah, right? The cloth. Yeah. So the, 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 the formalist sort of esnan zona is narrow and is limited and is not going to apply. The, we're just pointing out that the Ramban Svara, that it's because we don't want to, we, we, the Ramban's understanding it, we don't want to incentivize Avera, some poskim are, are using it more broadly. It's certainly not going to say you violate the mitzvah of Esnanzona, but, but the idea of it, some poskim seem to want to, similar ideas, poskim want to apply in other cases as well. Again, whether it really is limited to the exact money or not, you know, the, the, the svara certainly makes sense in cases where it will encourage, like, the, like Ravadi Hadaya's case of the, the fundraisers, the dances, or the gambling, it, it makes sense, even if it's not the same money, but if it's, if it's clearly the, based on the proceeds of the event, it makes sense, logically, that we should have this qualm about taking it. Again, you're not going to be over the formal issue of Esnanzona for, for a variety of reasons, but, but the kind of the Ashkafic point is there, the, the lesson of the Torah is there, and that's why some posts are arguing that we should be careful not to take money from, uh, that, 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 that we should be careful not to, uh, not, not to take money in, in, in context that will incentivize problematic behavior.